fresh every Tuesday for MSPs around the world. This is Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another podcast. Here's what we've got coming up for you this week. We've now got six monthly revenue streams that MSPs can sell. We're also going to be talking about marketing funnels. In fact, I'm going to explain what a marketing funnel is and tell you what your MSP's marketing funnel really should look like. Plus, I'll be offering you a free book, a chance for you to get a copy of my book on MSP marketing. And we've got a book suggestion from a productivity expert who's helping thousands of business owners around the world to get more done. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. Over the last year or so, I've got into a really good habit with this podcast, whereby I record it around about a month before it goes out. So as I'm speaking to you now, it's currently 11.44am on Friday the 12th of February. And I know that you're listening to this on the 9th of March. The reason I mention that is right now I am trapped in the hell of homeschooling as hundreds of thousands of other parents are and maybe you are in your area as well. The schools here in the UK have been shut. They didn't open again after Christmas. And actually, interestingly, what made me think about this is this episode is due to go out the day after the schools might open. There's all this talk about March the 8th. Did the schools open yesterday? Who knows? I'll have to wait a month to find out. Anyway, so I'm trapped in this hell of homeschooling. I'm a sole parent. There's just me in the house and my lovely 10-year-old daughter, Tilda. And when we did lockdown last year, the first lockdown, and we ended up doing, what was it, about four or five months of homeschooling, that was kind of different to how it is now because it was a new experience for both of us. So I was probably a better parent, paid more attention, you know, did did a bit more work, and uh, she was certainly uh, had a better attitude towards it. But this time it's been a little bit different. Her attitude has been a bit crappy, if I'm honest. And I can say this knowing that she can't hear me right now. Uh, you know, the Zoom calls are killing her. And let's be honest, they kill us all. But this lockdown has not been an easy one for her. And she's just not been motivated to do her schoolwork, which is really unusual for her. She's actually a great student. You know, she does really well at school. She loves school. She always gets really glowing reports from her teachers. So I've been struggling over the last few weeks to make it interesting for her, to make it relevant. The actual schoolwork itself is good. It's just she's just not that motivated. And then a couple of weeks ago, I realized what was missing when someone's got a job to do that they really don't want to do and their motivation to do it isn't very high. Let's make it a game. Let's gamify it. In fact, this process is called gamification. It's also known as gamification. Don't know why, but that's what some people call it. You take something that you don't want to do and you turn it into a game. Now, you can do this for you You can do it for your staff. You can do it for your family as well. And we've turned work into a game of points. So each day she can give herself a point score for the four subjects that she has to do. Just doing what the teacher asks you to do, that gets you a one. Pushing yourself a bit harder, that gets you two points. And if she really excels at something, like when something really grabs her attention and she'll go on and do a PowerPoint or do something else or film a video or something about it, then she gets three points. And if she can hit a certain point score by the end of the week, then we go out on a Friday afternoon. In fact, it's what I'll be doing after this recording. And we go out and we have a takeout coffee and a cake. And that's a real treat for her. And in fact, if she hits it, we added another level as well. If she hits a higher score, then I'll buy her something off her sort of wish list of things. 
things. So we turn the whole thing into a game. And okay, it's a complicated game, but it's given her focus. It's given her the ability to say, right, I don't like geography. I'm not going to push myself on that because what's the point? But I love English and I love writing stories and I love doing this. And she's spending, you know, I mean, a couple of days ago, she spent nearly two hours writing up a story and putting in illustrations and doing all sorts of stuff. Brilliant. Engagement, that's what we want. So you could do exactly the same thing for you and your staff. What's something that your techs don't like to do? Perhaps it's documentation. I was talking to some of my clients this week about this very thing. Getting text to document properly is a major, major thing. And in fact, one of my MSPs that I work with, they had a major outage at one of their clients. And it was because when they'd done some work, I think it was around six years ago, they didn't document it properly. So they, they couldn't trace and, and sort of track down the fault as efficiently and swiftly as they might have done otherwise. And that's kind of brought the issue to a front. And it strikes me that making it a game is the big thing. If tech don't like documenting, how can we make it a game? Because we can either use the carrot or the stick, can't we? And I always find that the carrot works so much better than the stick. Sticks have their moment. We all need a stick now and again, but carrots are the better long-term solution. How can we make it a game? How can we make it fun? What about for you? If you've got a job that just needs to be done that you don't like doing, what's that job? How can you turn it into a game? The more gamey we can make something, the better. A lot of the vendors are getting really good at this and software as a service, you know, when you sign up for new software and there's an onboarding process, often they're really, really good at getting you to try things. I mean, even something like a progress bar, if you can see a progress bar and you know that you're at 65% and you've only got a couple more steps to do, it makes it a game. It, the brain likes jobs to be completed and it becomes a game. Let's complete the game. I once bought something called ClickFunnels, which is some software you can buy and their onboarding, which you had to watch a number of videos and set up your account in a certain way, I got a t-shirt. They actually posted me a t-shirt from the States to the UK, and that was the reward. That was the game that we were playing, and there were some fun things along the way. So make a list of all the jobs that you and your staff hate doing, and then consider for each of them, how can we turn these into a game? What's a fun way of doing it? What's a great reward that could come at the end of it? You don't always have to give people money as a reward. Something as simple, as, hey, I'm going to get you all a coffee or get a pizza in or something like that when we've done this, that can be a great way of gamifying something and making sure that it actually happens. Here's this week's clever idea. Now, you've probably heard people talking in the past about marketing funnels, saying that you need a marketing funnel. What is a marketing funnel? Let me explain it to you. At its simplest, a marketing funnel is simply the journey from someone being a suspect to being a client. So there's kind of a number of stages that they go through. A suspect is someone who's never heard of you. In fact, if you imagine someone right now looking at you with their arms folded in kind of cynical suspicion, they're suspicious of you. Who are you? I know nothing about you. Therefore, you're a potential threat. And that's what a suspect is. Now, we then want to take that suspect through the funnel to turn them into being a client. And the next stage of the funnel is turning them into a lead. So a lead is someone who's joined one of your audiences. So they might have joined your email list, as in you can send emails to them, or they might have connected to you on LinkedIn, or maybe be following you on YouTube, or listening to your podcast, or whatever. So a lead is someone who's in one of your audiences. Now, the next step is when they become a prospect. Now, a prospect is where you're starting to have a one-to-one -one conversation with them. So if you're talking to someone and doing quotes or proposals, and you know it's, it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation, that's a prospect. You can have have hundreds 
and maybe even thousands of leads. In fact, you probably should have hundreds, if not thousands of leads, because that's a one-to-many conversation. You put out a piece of content or you post on LinkedIn or you send out an email, and that's quite an efficient way of communicating with hundreds or thousands of people. And that's what you do with your leads. But they become a prospect when you start having that one-on-one conversation with them. Now, from a prospect, the next stage they move on to is becoming an opportunity. So an opportunity is where they have either a want or a need and they're ready to take action on it. So not all prospects turn into opportunities. Sometimes we have a conversation with someone and they're not the right fit or we're not the right fit or the timing's just not right or whatever and they kind of go back into the lead pool. But most of the prospects you speak to do become opportunities because they've got a want or a need and critically, and this is the most critical thing, they are ready to take action. And of course, we all know what happens after an opportunity. They become a client and they are buying you a Porsche. Thank you very much. So that's kind of a, a sample marketing funnel. I can actually give you a 10-step MSP marketing funnel. Now, just because there are 10 steps, it doesn't mean that it's complicated. This is actually a very, very easy thing. And remember, if you want to see this written down, for every single podcast we do, we have a transcript. And if you go on to paulgreensmspmarketing.com slash podcast, which may be where you're listening to this right now, but you can go into any episode page and there's a transcript down there with show notes so you could go and see this written down. So this is the 10-step marketing funnel that most MSPs would have. Step one is getting their attention. And that's simply about, it's about driving traffic really. It's about putting yourself in front of your potential future clients. Step two is audience. Like I said, it's about getting them to connect to you on LinkedIn or get them to join your email list or join one of the other audiences that you might be running. And an audience is where people are listening to you. Now, the third step in your MSP's marketing funnel is building a relationship. And this is the one that can actually take years and years sometimes. This is where you're educating people and entertaining them at the same time. Edutainment, we like to call this. And you can turn this into a series of daily, weekly, and monthly tasks. So daily, you can post on social media. Weekly, you can send out your emails, your edutainment emails, and monthly, you post them a printed newsletter. And all of these things, they build the relationship. Some people don't need a great deal of relationship building. They've got a need or a want. They're ready to take action. They just want to kind of know who you are. But there are other people who it's just not the right time now or in 2022 or in 2023, but in 2024, they are willing and ready to buy. And by that point, they'll have built a great relationship with you. It's not actually physically with you, but emotionally, they feel as though they know you and that makes you the safer choice. That's the point of this. Now, step four is to target people. And for this, you would run a multi-step marketing campaign. If you want to hear more about this, go back a few weeks to the specials that I was running. I did some special podcast episodes at the beginning of January, I think it was. And we talked about multi-step marketing campaigns in those. Step number five in your funnel is to have a telephone person. So your telephone person sits very nicely with your multi-step marketing campaign because you sent someone something in the post and you've sent them some emails and you've uh, perhaps even targeted them on social media. And it's been the same message that you've been hitting them with, just delivered via different platforms. And then your telephone person comes along and they pick up the phone and they proactively call this lead. And their goal is to move the relationship forward, keep building that relationship, qualify them. So check that they would be a good fit for you, you know, in terms of the number of users and all of that kind of stuff. 
and then find out when they're likely to be ready to switch from their incumbent over to you. Because you have to remember, people only buy when they're ready to buy. A telephone person is such a critical weapon. In fact, you must have a telephone person. Every MSP must have a telephone person to just warm up the database and just warm people up and move things on. Step number six is the outcome for the telephone person. It's the thing that you most want them to do, and that's to book a 15-minute Zoom call with you. So whenever your telephone person calls up, this is why they don't need to know anything about tech or really that much about your business. Their entire goal is to just book 15-minute appointments with you. And it's on that 15-minute appointment that you make the magic happen. In fact, what you're looking to do is to move people on to step seven, which is a proper sales meeting. So this is the desired thing for most MSPs. Get me in a room with people who've got a want or a need, and nine times out of ten, you get the business, don't you? Well, this is a process that just gets you more of those meetings. So step seven is the proper sales meeting. Step eight is the proposal. Step nine is a scheduled follow-up. I'm a big fan of you setting a time to actually actually talk to someone rather than you being the person that's chasing them. You put it in their diary, you put it in your diary, and you follow it up with a letter and an email and a calendar invite to make sure that they attend. So we've got nine steps there, all to take us up to sitting in front of the most perfect prospect and then turning them into a client. And that means that step 10 is when they've become a client, it's high fives all round. Well done, you got a new client. Now this is a system. I love talking about marketing systems and putting it in place, but what I've just described there are the 10 steps of a marketing system. Go and implement this in the business, and this is how you can turn your MSP into a marketing machine. I've said many times, marketing is not an art. It really isn't. There's a small bit of luck in there. There's a small bit of getting the timing right, but it's a science. All you've got to do is put all the steps in, all the cogs of the machine, and then just keep turning the handle. You now have 10 cogs of the machine, and all you've got to do is go and implement them. Paul's blatant plug. I heard a rumour, and that rumour is that you might not yet have a copy of my book even though it's completely free. I mean, we actually will physically post it to you and not even charge you postage, which sounds kind of insane, except you've just heard about marketing funnels and I wanna get you and me into step three, which is where I can build a relationship with you. So I've written a book. It's called Updating Servers Doesn't Grow Your Business. It's about the basic marketing things that you need for your MSP. And as I say, we'll physically send a copy to you. So right, here's the deal. Anyone anywhere in the world who is an MSP uh, can have a copy on PDF completely free. If you're in the UK or the USA, we will also ship that to you for free. So everyone gets the PDF and we send out the free printed copies if you're in the US or the UK. All you got to do is go on to Paul Green's mspmarketing.com and there on the homepage, scroll down a bit, you'll find an image of the book. You just fill in your details there and don't forget if you are in the UK or the US, you need to give us your address so we can post that to you. Go and get your free copy right now at paulgreensmspmarketing.com. The Big Interview. Hey there, I'm Paul Charnock. I'm the co-founder of Plexa. So we supply uh, monthly recurring revenue streams that MSPs can sell. 
And we all love new monthly recurring revenue streams because it's the way to grow your net profit. You sell more to your existing clients. And it's always easier to sell more to existing clients. Now, Paul, when most MSPs think about adding new monthly recurring revenue streams, they think of things like email signatures or adding on security bolt-ons or something like that. But the monthly recurring revenue streams that you supply, they're a little bit different, aren't they? Our ethos is all about supporting MSPs with their business. Um, so back in August last year, as you know, myself and Steve acquired MSP White Label websites um, to, to bring under the Plexa wing sort of thing. And then when we sat down and, and looked at it, we were we got our heads together and said, right, so we bought MSP White Label websites. What other streams can we give to MSPs to help them grow their profits and essentially sell in their business? So off the back of that, um, we've created not just one being white, MSP white label websites. We've created another five on top of that. So we've now got six uh, monthly revenue streams that MSPs can sell. And the weird thing is, even though these are actually marketing services, because I know, for example, you do things like SEO and you do branding and other stuff. And obviously, we'll, we'll give your website address in a second so people can go and see exactly what's on offer. But even though these are marketing things, I found over the years that many end clients, so clients of MSPs, ultimately think that MSPs do websites as well. Because I think the thinking is, well, it, it's a computer. You need a computer to build a website. Therefore, that must be something that you do. And I'm sure most MSPs have been approached at some point by a client saying, hey, would you guys build us a website? So what we're doing here is attempting to hook into uh, a kind of a demand that's already there. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and, I, and you hit that on the head there when, you know, the amount of people in the MSP world that we've spoken to in the past that have said, yeah, we get people asking us for websites all the time because we sell, um, you know, hosting services, for example. So if the hell's selling hosting, why aren't you selling websites? Um, so it's, it's a no-brainer that, you know, we can now offer these services to MSPs to sell on. And the, and the beauty of it is that, <clears throat> as we know at the moment, with the current climate, demand is high for the digital world. So more and more people are wanting websites. So when they're actually selling the websites to, to their end users, they've now got other services that they can pin on to selling a website. So for argument's sake, someone comes to us now and says, oh, we want a website designing. We haven't got a logo. Nine times out of 10, you'll have to look for a logo designer or a graphic designer. The beauty with this now model is that the MSP can say to their end user, Oh, don't worry about that. We can actually do your logo as well at the same time as doing the website. And that's so convenient for the end client. And as we know, the more convenient you can make it for people, the easier it is for them to just go, yeah, go on then. I'll, you guys can just do that for me. So, Paul, I know that you work with MSPs uh, all over the world. Uh, you've got clients in both the US and the UK. And the websites that you've set up, they're, they're all monthly recurring revenue. So there's no great big lump sum at the beginning or anything like that. It's monthly recurring revenue forever. So as long as they want the website, they just pay the small fee for it every month. And I think I'm right in saying you've set up your operations so that the MSP never really loses control of their client. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a really simple process with this that protects the client um, and us as well and the end user. It's a really simple process where the MSP is approached by their end user um, for a website or one of our other services. What then happens is the MSP sends them a discovery questionnaire, um, and we've developed this questionnaire across all the different channels that we're offering that gets us the right information from that um, end user. Once they've filled out that questionnaire, the MSP will pass us that questionnaire. We will have a look at it to make sure that the question's been answered um, there's enough information on there. And we will pose questions back to the MSP to maybe probe more, more answers out of them or different ways of thinking. After that, the MSP will set up a discovery call 
with their end user, which will be recorded. They will then go through that discovery questionnaire, make sure everything's in the right place. Once that video has been done and recorded, the MSP will send that a copy of that to ourselves and we will review it. We will then create a brief off the back of that for the MSP to pass to their end client just to get the sign off that this is exactly what they're asking for, whether it be the design of the logo, the, the website, the copy for um, the blog. Um, we'll make sure everything's signed off and then we'll go away and build. And I think a website is such a an elegant entry point for any MSP who wants to get into selling marketing services. And I know that you, Paul, have found something that I found when I used to run a marketing agency, which is if you sell someone a website, it naturally leads on to a conversation about buying SEO, about refreshing their brand, about doing all sorts of other stuff. So I think it's a very smart way to get into it. Paul, where can we learn a little bit more about you and get in touch with you? Yes, certainly. You can head over to uh, www.plexa.co.uk where you will see Plex are the main business on there where we support um, MSPs. But further down there, you will see the six monthly recurring revenue streams that we're, we're talking about today. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. This week's recommended book. I'm Barnaby Lashbrook. I'm the founder of Time Etc. My recommended book is a book called Alchemy by Rory Sutherland, a advertising executive. And he's done a number of fascinating talks online. But he really bridges the gap between traditional advertising and marketing and psychology. And he has some really fascinating ideas about marketing and about how to get messages across to people. It might just help you narrow down into marketing and communicating in a way that really resonates with your clients. How to contribute to the show. I'll let you into a secret. I'm actually a very friendly guy and I'd love to have a chat with you on email. It's the real me on email. If you want to talk about anything that's been in this podcast, anything at all, ask me a question, just drop me an email. My email address is hello at paulgreensmspmarketing.com. Go on, drop me an email. Coming up next week. Businesses tend to focus more on growth than we do on retaining our existing customer base. That's Andrew Wallace from Smileback. Now, MSPs benefit massively from something called inertia loyalty. And this is where the perceived pain of moving elsewhere outweighs the downsides of staying where you are, which is one of the reasons that you keep your clients for so long. So we're going to be talking next week about that inertia loyalty and how you can actually leverage it to your advantage. In particular, we'll be looking at the early warning signs that your clients just aren't as happy as they could be. We're also looking next week at meeting rhythms. You and your team need to get into the habit of having specific meetings at specific times, not just to deal with technical issues, but also to deal with growth issues, operational issues, putting all of these into different meetings and having them at appropriate intervals. So we're gonna talk about that next week and I've got a little rant for you about the words user and tickets. I think they are two of the most horrible words that you can use with prospects and clients. And next week, I'll not only tell you why they're such bad words, but I'll give you some better words you can use instead. Have a great week. I'll see you then. Made in the UK for MSPs around the world. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast.